0: the political side of it and then there's the real story there's a lot to unpack right there wasn't quite the interview i thought that was going to be there's a reason for it this will be officially my favorite podcast i've ever done so reckless in vegas jason just does not doesn't he keeps talking about it like crazy you tell us a little bit about it
1: yeah why haven't you come
0: He's never really invited
1: me. I invited you personally. You
0: did invite me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for sure. All right. But but can you tell us about the show a little
1: bit? Yeah. So it's an homage to what built Las Vegas, right? The great acts that played here in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Sinatra, Elvis, uh, Tom Jones, Sonny and Cher but we wanted to do our renditions what's up
0: pussy Cat? well yeah, right we
1: do that yeah, you got it, yeah yeah but we wanted to do our renditions we wanted to pay homage but yet we wanted to rock them out and do the style of original music that I've done my whole life which is right. rock right so a little more high energy the lyrics and melodies stay true to the originals but the music is all brand new refreshed reinvigorated it's basically vintage vegas meets rock and roll how big is the theater theater we have it sat for 272 so is there like a for you, is
0: it like one of those traditional, like, I wanted to be in Vegas and I wanted to be on a show, I wanted to do a show? Because I, I know a lot of people who, like, have these dreams of, like, a live show, you know, like, it's such a big deal. Have you done a lot of them before you did Reckless in Vegas? I've been
1: doing music my whole life, Uh, but when I was younger, I knew that I needed resources I needed finance to be able to do it. So mm-hmm. I started a carpet cleaning company in 1990. I was 20 years old. Oh, wow. And that finance... wasn't Z-Best, was it? Just it was keep, not Z-Best, just, but that guy uh-huh. was kind of an inspiration in the yeah. very beginning until yeah. I all, you know, the apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We actually cleaned the carpets and we did a really good job, but it gave me the money to be able to do my dream. And so I produced the first couple of albums in, in, in the 90s and uh, we toured, we were on the VH1 Rock Across America tour. Um, I've been putting on, out albums, you know, for the last 30 years really wow.
0: hey this is an unusual podcast because we have a rare guest mm-hmm. who's from the risk on show
2: jason bartholomew jason you know michael why are you such a big fan yeah well so i actually moved to vegas i was looking for a place to live it was during covid and uh i actually like the building uh where i am michael owned the actual condo so that's how i met him and his father and then come to find out his father was you know talking about michael and how he's a performer and that he's getting ready to do um, shows at the Sahara. He was going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? uh, Resident. Yeah, resident uh, performer at the Sahara Theater, which is actually... probably one of the oldest theaters it's still standing correct me if i'm wrong is it it's the, yeah, the original pro,
1: bones right just so celebrated 70 years so yeah. is it
2: the original is sahara, original, the sahara original sahara yeah yeah no way and that, the, the theater really?
1: we're in is the original sahara theater it's been no remodeled way. but yeah it's i a, didn't know that oh yeah it's oh you my can god hear yeah. whispering of uh, i thought
0: that was i thought they just took the name and built a new sahara
1: no no it went turned to sls for three four years Yeah, i saw that like i I got in a lot of trouble and then alex morello purchased the property and he took it back to to sahara so it's a brand thing when i go there it's busy is it a busy hotel it's okay it's kind of an island they're 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 on they're on their way up obviously they need to activate the drew the fountain blue right that needs to get activated and (laughs) then uh I think there's some rumor about a baseball stadium being put across the street on Phil Ruffin's property.
0: Oh, I thought that was going to be where Tropicana was.
1: You know what? You're hearing a lot of things, but I think that's probably the direction they're trying to go.
0: Well, A baseball stadium across from Sahara would make Sahara a big deal. It sure would. And we're just a little early on our residency, but uh,
1: we've got high hopes for the property. It's beautiful. Wow. Yeah.
0: So Jason, he said he cleaned carpets. I guess uh, it's either play poker or clean carpets.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. He actually cleaned my carpets. Well, one of his friends did. Actually, the guy that I sold the you business a, to. You still have a carpet cleaning I business? I do not. I do not. Yeah. I got
1: out of it, and in fact, you know, I would have kept, kept it, but my managers forced me out of it because I was out being a rock star touring, right. and they were running the place, and they're like you got it we're we're taking it over so i sold it to them they paid it off over six years and 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 carl fonger still actually has the company and and jason had a little what was it a flood or something right yeah
2: i had a little flood with the washer and dryer and uh yeah definitely uh, needed assistance called michael and uh yeah he fixed me right up we're doing what we love
1: it's really not about that, but I, I, I wanna create a viable business, a business that sustains itself. And that in the music business has been very, very challenging. My dad took me to see Santana when I was six years old in 1976. Oh, awesome. oh. And from that day, I dreamed of being a rock star. And over all these years, this, this has sustained my life. I, I have the same passion for it. I'm, I'm as nervous uh, tonight going out on stage as I have been my whole life. It's performance anxiety that I call excitement, and I love it, and I walk through that fear and that excitement, and uh, it's it's never wavered. So there's something so we have a magical.
0: lot to talk about, and I, I don't want to bring up this last the uh, uh, the subject about Bruce Springsteen yet, but you you talk I'm about being it. a rock star and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Every rock star I know had some form of like whether they, you know, I know in a lot of them, you know, I I went to school with. Um, the guy from Stone Temple Pilots, Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, He's not that around. Story. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I knew the guys from Sublime. One yeah. of them is not around. That's so right. We know these stories, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, but you seem to have made it through that. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I got, off, I got off track. You know, one thing about that carpet cleaning company is I made a lot of money and I was always playing in bands, but you know i bought my first porsche when i was 27 and i was all this and all that and i started to mess around with cocaine mm. and i don't know anybody that says oh i just started doing cocaine and my life keeps getting better and better mm-hmm. it's the kind of drug that, that <laughs> catches up with you quick and <laughs> i got off the rails for a while i struggled for about well, you were on the rails for a while. <laughs> well i was doing rails yeah no my thing was smoking it i like to smoke <laughs> it. Oh, really yeah oh, no wow. don't waste it so i've only done it twice in my whole life i was 18 years old
0: right i did it uh after my birthday, because football was over, and I did it again <laughs> a month later. The time I did it the second time, I said, I, I could give you the whole story. I'll give it to you later. But the second time I did it, so there's twice I did it. Only twice. I'm literally being c- completely honest. The second time I did it, I thought it was so good that I said to myself, I can never do that drug again. It is so good. Yeah. So people who have not done it it's like, this shit's great, man. You have and tremendous problem. Tremendous self-will. Well, I, mean, for I, me- I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go there, but I will admit to you that that night, the second time where mm-hmm. I was at a party and there's a bunch there, I could have did the entire amount.
1: I call it the great white lie because it, it makes you feel ambitious and we can do anything and accomplish anything, but sure. then it dips down and, and you're chasing it. And what happens is we all have the natural ability to produce dopamine and sure. endorphins, and cocaine gives you a false sense of that. And then when you come down off of it, your your bank account's kind of empty, and mm-hmm. both bank accounts, financial and and mm-hmm. your your your, uh, your brain chemistry. So how do you keep going and keep that up? And that's the problem with it. Is I kept it, I did it for like eight years straight. Oh wow! And it really took a toll on me, and I didn't want to die, and I kept getting back. When I was younger, I thought that it was, uh, if I just had the right clothes, if I just had that girlfriend, if I just mm-hmm. had that car, if I was just rich, if I was just I'll a be happy star. when. Yeah. I'll be happy when. And, um, and I realized, happens. it never happens. And I realized that it's, it's an inside thing. And mm-hmm. at the very end, I was still strung out, but I got sober. And if I could just get back out on stage, and we booked a tour with the band Live. You know the band Live out mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania? Yep. The big 90s band. And I got out on that tour, I was seven months sober. Mm-hmm. and there was beers in my green room and I just I had a bad show and I went back and I drank the beers and by the end of that tour I was smoking cocaine again mm. so it proved to me that even if I was a rock star again it's not that it, this mm. is an inside job so at that point I, I went to a relapse specific treatment center in the bay area and that was 16 years ago and I've been clean and sober ever since mm. but I put that as a priority
0: I'm not trying to be selfish but like a lot of things you did I loved like I'm a huge treat treat Cheap Cheap trick trick. fan. Um, I was a gigantic romantics fan, you know. I mean, who wasn't right in the 80s stuff. Cheap trick specifically, because like to give to how much how much I'm gonna date myself, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade where I really discovered
1: cheap trick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. You're dating yourself a little bit. I'm really old. Yeah. I'm 53. Well, I'm not old and I'm 52. Yeah, there you go. Well, (laughs) I'm really
0: old and I'm 53. (laughs) There are days where I feel like I'm even older than that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so you went on tour with them? How did that happen? I, I don't exactly, is,
1: you did, you open for them? Yeah, we were always main supports for big, big acts. We were oh. a main support for live. We were a main support on the VH1 Rock Across America tour. Uh, I shot a TV commercial uh, and the, the woman doing my makeup said, oh, I direct videos. Would you like to do a music video? Turns out she worked for VH1. So she shot a video for us and then she got us on that tour. So we oh, traveled wow. around with it and Cheap Trick was one of the headliners. Romantics, we played. Talk about, you know, Romantics, great band the most dysfunctional group of guys i had ever seen fighting before they go on stage. Mm-hmm. And cheap trick even, you know, Robin mm-hmm. bought all the- he I had,
0: want you to want me. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, I need you. Sorry. <laughs> you're rocking, Rock do you it, man. you sing that at all there? We okay. don't do that one. You don't because you're doing a uh, Vegas acts, which was my favorite. Vague. I mean, I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. And I found out recently, my 17-year-old daughter is a fan of Frank Sinatra. Wow. She's a little eclectic. But we were singing it together. I'm thinking to myself, Very classic. Will I hear Frank Sinatra tonight? You will. 100%. I'm for sure going. Yeah. Is that the shoe-in?
1: Frank Sinatra's the shoe-in for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these are rock versions of this, though. Yeah, but that's always great. Imagine Imagine Metallica for a second. Uh How would Frank Sinatra sing? Anywhere I roam. How would Frank Sinatra sing with Metallica? Mm. What would that sound like? It doesn't seem like it would work, right? No, I think it would work. I'll prove it to you. I think it works, for sure. It's pretty amazing. So you do two nights a week. We do two nights a week. What do you do the other five nights? It's the business. This business is 24 7. Mm. I mean, it's really a lot of work. And uh, like I'm here on a show day. I normally wouldn't. I'd be here on a Wednesday, but you know.
0: Oh, yeah. T- you're performing tonight. That's
1: right. Cause you're coming.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Jason,
2: what do you think of the show? I've seen the show four times now, and it's gotten better every time. Also, he didn't tell you that he has special guests that actually appear and do some. Uh, and do some renditions of some sh- of some songs that are kind of like, uh, you know, old school Vegas meets new school rock. So you have to check that out, too. I saw Anna Martinez, yeah. who was or Anna Martinez. I apologize. She was amazing. She's yeah. actually a Vegas local. She does uh, a couple of other shows on the strip. Is That the Adele um, girl.
1: No, 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 that's Janae. Uh, Anne Martinez is in Bad Out of Hell. She also has a, her own production called Alice. Oh, nice. Incredible. She's so creative, and she's just brilliant. And like like Jason said, we have special guests. Like, tonight will be Christine Chebeck. Uh, we do things like like Nancy Sinatra's boots are made for walking, but mm-hmm. I'll put it over the top of Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. Mm. So those are called mashups. The rest of the arrangements are all original music that we wrote, but we do do a few mashups on the show. And so mm. there's like three songs that the guest uh, sings on. How do you how do you decide to do it? Like how do you decide I'm going to have a show? Do you have to pitch it? Uh, yeah, you know I came I, I left Vegas in 2000 because actually
0: I, this is a good I think it's good for the audience. So let's just pretend
1: I want to have a show. I've been a singer for a long time how do i do it so the first question is how much money do you want to flush down the toilet that's number one because and i say that in a way that that this is that should not be looked at as an investment it's money that if you're going to invest in it no matter how good your show is todd um are you prepared to lose the money because there's a chance you're not going to recoup the roi on it we can't it's it's you Mm -hmm. never know in this business it's art art's a challenging thing so that's Mm -hmm. first and foremost how much money do you have to do it but What's the show like? What's it about? Do you have a home? Where do you want to be? What part of the strip do you want to be on? Las Vegas is the hardest place in the world to have a residency. And I was naive to that before we started that. Hmm. But I know that now. And I don't want to poo-poo your dream, Todd. If you've got the show, I'm going to show you and help you you do it. But here's the reality. I'm
0: I'm a reincarnated George Michael. You do yeah.
1: you want to do George Michael?
0: Just overweight. Yeah, yeah. I'll just like. I'll, I'll, Can you I'll sing. sing? I used to sing George. My- I used to sing cover for George Michael, but that was 100 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that was like. So I'm 53. That was uh a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away.
1: Why don't you just join our show? Um, that'll never happen yeah. in a million years. Yeah. You're wasting your
0: time. We're going to pull him up on there. stage tonight. Don't even do, do that, do or yeah. I won't go. I'm not going. <laughs> I, you do not. You do not want me to sing. It will be bad. You
1: have my word. I will not bring you up on stage you're doing something no no <laughs> don't thing, do it i'm gonna I mean, sit in the back, no, if, I tell back. You, if i tell you i won't do <laughs> something i promise you no you
0: don't want to because it would be a disaster for your show everyone would leave but then it's a comedy show it would turn yeah. into a comedy well that's sure. fantastic sure. people sure. like to laugh
1: you know was there moments in time where you took tremendous risk to get where you are i think the the my career is plethora with that i mean there's another side of ambition too for me that i practice and that I'm always gonna remain ambitious, but not at the expense of being grateful for what I have and what I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to lose sight of that. Um, Climbing the ladder, I mean, even just walking up to somebody that clearly uh, you're imposing on But to get your foot in the door i've done that many times Mm. picking up the phone and 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 taking a risk and just trying to uh, connect with somebody that you don't know cold calling right it's sales everything's sales it's all sales and and i've done that my whole life you know whether it was a carpet cleaning company or my music career um uh, i i just had an experience a couple of weeks ago with the uh, about a month ago with the owner of the property and i decided to impose on him and i took that risk it needed to happen and and that that fear that we feel that stops us i've Mm. learned to make that put that fear behind me and i use that energy to push me into things Mm. i deal with it every night going out on stage being afraid yeah is it helpful that your wife's there um she's very grounding for me Mm. you know i'm high strong add all over the place she is a more uh the the minute i see her i i immediately take a deep breath and i'm grounded you know Mm -hmm. she doesn't she doesn't bite my bait, if you will. Like, like if I am in a bad way, if I'm stressed out, I become very critical of mm-hmm. everything. She knows that's me and not her, so she doesn't bite that bait. She can set a boundary. She's she can hold a mirror up. Mm-hmm. She's very good at that, and I think that's why you know we're married. How long you been married? Four years. Been together seven years. Kids? Uh, three dogs and six chickens. Really, the chicken part? Yeah, we got we got six chickens. All right. You like you H- like hens? Yeah, they're all hens. No roosters. No roosters? Roosters are a problem. Yeah, for sure. Do you I like agree. eggs? Of course. These are organic, nothing but love, baby. Nothing but really? love. Yeah. And I prefer mine with pesticides and shit okay. like that. Yeah. I gotta go to the, make sure they're real. Go to the store and get those. I mean, I get those at the store. Yeah.
0: That's why they're white, right? <laughs> Your ears come out a different color. Right? Well,
1: yeah, we have a couple of brown birds and so yeah. they lay brown. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also double eggs. Once in a while you get a double egg. There's two yolks and one egg yeah it's incredible really? but no kids though so we just have the fur babies you know are you gonna have kids we're talking about it you know mm-hmm. i'm 52 Jole is 35 uh she's now would be the she's time a baby. she's a baby but that baby you know for women it's it gets my
0: a little not really my wife had twins at 35 twins at 35 yeah it's not that difficult okay. not, not nowadays well she's not I think the issue yet. is your eggs get your eggs you gotta if you're gonna wait too long you has gotta freeze those eggs but yeah. you, you know baby uh, uh what's her name uh kelly preston after her son died she had a a son at 49
1: yeah it's just risky it can be done right
0: yeah for sure and also
1: i don't feel uh... you mean
0: like the wife dies you keep the kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it
1: that's risky that's risky
0: yeah i mean now a long time ago women would die in childbirth and the guy would be like okay now i got a couple kids but no wife
1: risky in having a healthy child Uh, risky in the sense that you know i'll be 70 when they're 18 that worries me a little bit, you know. Maybe they'll keep me young, I don't know. 70, yeah, you'll probably be young,
0: it'll probably keep you young,
1: yeah. It'll help with that. Have a reason to be around. What about the disconnect, though, with young kids? Like my niece, uh, we, we've been raising my niece because my sister suddenly passed away three you years Young ago. kids, she my niece is 19 now, yeah. Most of them are stupid. Well, but the, the disconnect, meaning from my interest in my, she's always showing, she's a Harry Styles fan, huge. She's always, by the way,
0: you're nicer about it than me, they're not really stupid. I'm kidding around,
1: I would go with unaware, mm-hmm. um, lazy, stupid. Well,
0: I'm not going to say stupid anymore. I, I should not have said that. But they're unaware of how the how money's made. Because apparently, you can just give away student loans. You can just forgive them. Yeah. And you don't have to pay things back. Well,
1: that'll but, teach a value system, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. right. I, it's a different time. You know, who, who am I to judge that? I don't subscribe to that notion. I think that value is created. You create it, and you go work for it. And mm-hmm. I had a job at 13. Uh, my niece who amazingly she she finished she wasn't doing well in school she finished high school mm-hmm. she got her driver's license she had tremendous anxiety around it she walked through. she got a job she's worked for she's worked at starbucks for over a year now mm-hmm. and i remember how scared she was she's walked through that fear i've witnessed her trials. it's so
0: funny people think like wait, i got a job at starbucks really yeah they're stressed out people want their shit pretty quickly they sure do you get
1: people up your ass about that yeah
0: like where's my hey it's a cup of coffee where the fuck's my coffee yeah, people can be jerks. About I ordered it. a triple caffeine latte macchiato. I mean, take an order from uh, a Jason in there. It's like a, oh, yeah. a quad vente <laughs> super shot.
2: No, I don't really get anything except coffee. It's great. It's great coffee. Yeah, you get a little bit of sugar, raw sugar macchiato once in a while. Oh, he's in uh, denial. He's not being he's honest in right denial. now. Man, do you have
1: an issue with uh, how you order your coffee drinks? Do you it's want really to talk about this? just
2: uh, a hot caramel macchiato. If I'm Ooh, going off the okay. <laughs> yeah, got, all right. The truth comes out <laughs> for sure. We got to put him in the corner to
1: get him to admit <laughs> it sure that. Yeah.
0: I want to know. I want to know specifically. Like, I want, I want details, Michael. Now you don't have no obligation to give them to me, but like, I want to know. Like, how did you get to Sahara Theater? Like, like from the time you made the call until the time you knew it was going to happen, how'd that happen? Uh, well, we, got- cause you are at the Sahara, which I might add
1: is like massively famous place. And tonight I have more respect for that. Cause I didn't realize it was the same Sahara. Yeah. It's the same Sahara. Uh, you know, we were talking to the entertainment director before COVID And we were about to do a deal with them and we couldn't quite carve out the deal points right. And at the same time, um, Damien uh, from Caesars called us because I've been working with Caesars too. We Uh. did a a short residency at Cleopatra's Barge. Damien called me and said, hey, we have a room for you. And they offered us the Matt Franco room, which is 600 seats, which I thought was too big. Mm -hmm. And then they said they were going to build a room for us. And we took that deal and they were building, they were constructing a room for us, a small cabaret room, 120 seats. And then COVID happened. We were supposed to open April 11th. That news came out in March that year. So that deal got pushed to the side. Uh, we waited 17 months for when El Dorado took over Caesars. They decided to can all the small shows and not continue construction. And a friend of mine works at the Sahara. He's an assistant casino manager, a kid I grew up with. Mm. Uh, he called. He reached out to another friend for me and said, hey, we're interested in in, in your show. They came and saw us play at the Italian American Club. Mm. And the next week we were in negotiations and that's how it happened. So it's mm. a part of it is who you know, right? right but you got to also be out doing the deal i mean you can't sit at home and expect luck to find you what was that oh
0: relationships, relationships. matter it's the r and risk on it relationships is the r. matter my producer's pointing out i'm supposed to circle
1: back to risk on which You should how many times have my, i called you and asked you what, what that meant my new book you yeah. you actually you actually um the last time you sent me a text and because I, I couldn't remember it every time so verbally so mm. yeah it's it's brilliant risk going.
0: no i'm sorry i'm just thinking right now well that's a it's a wall street term that's been modified uh because i've spent so many years on wall street um i'm just thinking about upcoming events we have live band opportunities for sure
1: oh yeah corporate stuff man It's
0: good. f1 coming up next year yeah because you, have, you have a car right
1: you we have three
0: car? indy cars which are indy and f1 are close i mean actually some people call it formula indy but indy indy the indianapolis 500 Which has been on for I think 106 years is kind of the the staple American. It's the largest live event in the world. More than 400,000 people attend it. On formulas, Formula Formula One is a little global. The racing isn't as competitive. There's really three teams: Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes that really dominate the series. Mm -hmm. It's millions and millions of dollars. It's been romanticized by the owners, Liberty Media, and they've this F. Uh, this uh, drive to survive which is on netflix they're doing a great job marketing the events not very competitive racing hmm. um but hey i love ferrari man i named my kid enzo they're taking over las
1: vegas uh, they're having a race year. here yeah for they sure. are having yeah. i heard yeah. that uh they're really going to take over the town there's a, there's, that a suite, well, yeah. there's a suite uh, of, of, available at the win it's a million dollar you know about yeah. it yeah well
0: yeah. they're actually building right there off of Harmon. they're building an f1 experience they are oh, yeah they're they spending are. a lot of money there yeah so. i just
1: think it's crazy thinking car, those do 200 miles an hour those cars are they?
0: uh that's more indy those oh, things is. do more like 180 they'll get to 200 indy does 244 trap speed on the straight no on the end of the corner 244 really yeah and, so the cars and,
1: by design are a little different than too.
0: they they're very similar hmm. very similar um the formula one cars are probably a little more advanced because they do a lot of turning they're more track oriented i don't know i'd have to i'm kind of biased towards indy well look, uh, let's but go, i love f1 don't get me wrong let's I'm, go I'm back a, to 180 i'm a, I'm a mika Hakkinen fan i was a big fan of jensen button i'm good
1: so but 180 okay 180 going down the strip mm-hmm. it's never been done before it's going to be no, quite it, a it'll be exciting yeah
0: although indy's raced here before so uh what was it caesar's back in the day was that indy yeah it was indy
1: okay yeah. yeah i remember that as a kid
0: yeah so yeah. pretty cool yeah i'm kind of committed to <laughs> you know to what indy we'll just cut all that forward oh, stuff out. right no, out no, of the no, show no, no. No, no. i'm gonna be at f1 <laughs> i'm having an event with either mclaren or red bull i'm excited about it i love it i know zach brown i've met him I know uh, a bunch of people at, in in, uh, in Formula One. I'm a big fan and admirer of Greg Maffei, the ch- CEO of
1: Liberty Media. I'm a big fan of John Malone at Liberty Media. Are you a fan of, of high speed yourself, driving? Mm. I
0: don't know, Jason, am I a
1: big fan? Uh, of yeah. You drive fast? Yeah. Nah, I don't. Yeah, Ferrari. but But you got places where you can hit it? You ever take it out to the track? No, that will never happen. Why? Because
0: it's, it's my it's, Ferrari is more of a the mona lisa i don't think you drive the mona lisa fast i've driven it to like 110 miles an hour it's capable of, it's an f450 it's a it's a the last edition where they made a naturally aspirated engine oh so it has a certain unique value to it gotcha. so i uh, you don't want to beat it up not only do i not beat it up but i barely drive it it sits in a garage uh that is feels like it's internally controlled because it's the proper temperature in there and some
2: someone else drives it for him can i keep my cigars Actually, in your
0: Ferrari garage yeah you, you could probably take it for a drive if you <laughs> wanted to <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure if you them. and I got some cocaine, we could do lots of things with that <laughs> thing. Not, not this guy. I'll watch you do it. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll
1: save you from it. I haven't uh, done
0: it in, uh, since I was 18. You've only done it twice, it. and that's
1: enough, to be honest about it. It was that's, great. That's good. Sorry. Uh, I rented a. Uh, I came to Vegas one time when I wasn't living here, and I rented a, uh, I think a Modena? Is that a for Yeah. A, this one was, it's I a, had it for a week. Yeah. And I was doing For a, a whole week. A, for a week, yeah. yeah. And I was driving on 95, and I, I was racing a vet, and we're doing about 140 miles an hour, and we both blow, we blow right by a highway patrol. What do they do? came up next we both slowed down came up next to us and he pointed our fingers at his finger at us and told us to slow down and i don't know if he was on his way home or didn't want to deal with it but we <laughs> didn't get in trouble but that car was something else
0: jason and i uh i think that i, I was driving a ferrari yep and you were driving a lambo right i think i had a urican yeah yeah we had a. we've had a we've had that same experience we were on like boulder I city like fast cars. We we're on boulder city yeah, we were doing flying. really fast yeah you'd like our car My car you'd like yeah. a lot. but believe it or not my favorite car is the s550 i have an s550 mercedes 2015 which I love that car, and uh, that car is a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, it's huh. my favorite. I don't know that car. It, it's a big sedan, but yeah, it, it, it moves. It hauls.
1: It hauls ass. I just like the feeling of speed. I, I like to go fast. I jump out of airplanes. I mean, it, it's probably the part of me that likes the addict side of me, that likes adrenaline, mm. like that fear of walking out on stage. I get off on that. I it like seems it. like you'd be a bungee jumper. I've done that too. Not my favorite. I'd rather jump out of an airplane. Uh, you parachuted before? I have. Well, oh. tandem. I've done tandem. I got nine jumps tandem. I, I'm a little afraid to do it myself.
0: Why? Because you don't think you'll pull the trigger?
1: I might go right to the end, baby. Right.
0: All, all, the right. way, all, gonna, all the way. All the way down. Hit the ground.
1: Yeah. Could be. All
0: right. So my wife's not a fan, but I happen to be a fan um, of Bruce Springsteen. So mm. what's the deal with Bruce
1: Springsteen? You played with Bruce Springsteen? I, it's it's strange because uh, I didn't. I was not a fan of Bruce Springsteen. My wife uh, is not a fan. I, I'm a fan. You know what made me a fan of his? What? Years after I met him, I got hired by Dick Feeney to be in the world's greatest rock show at the Stratosphere. Oh wow! And he hired me to be Bruce Springsteen. So when I was learning the I material, I, I stripped down all the material to, the, to piano. And he is a brilliant songwriter and storyteller. Oh really? I really got. There's a, a
0: new thing with him and Howard Stern. Have you seen this? I whole saw thing? it. It's
1: fantastic. Is interview. it? And it looked like he was talking about how you write a song. It's it's you got to watch that interview. I'm going to be watch moved it. by it, and make your wife watch it too.
0: Uh, i'm gonna she's encourager i'm not like a you know born to run i mean i'm not like i like it when i hear it i yeah. don't like go put on bruce springsteen right, right but there's some stuff he sings that is kind he, of like he's a brilliant
1: right? writer and so when i was uh i at 15 i live. i moved to portland for for about a year i was struggling mm-hmm. in high school too i i played with drugs in high school and my my dad shipped me off to live with my mom at that time too but my mom married a guy named david phillips and David Phillips' sister, Julianne Phillips, oh, wow. married Bruce Springsteen in 1985. Wow. So I was living there, and and I was told, okay, Bruce is going to come over for dinner. No way! And, and, but you can't tell anybody at school. And I kept it quiet, and I got home. And I, again, I wasn't a fan of Bruce, so I didn't really know the levity of what was about to happen no way,
0: this is fucking great bruce is coming over for coming dinner coming over for dinner
1: all right this is cool the blazers are in a championship game he came over watched the game we ordered pizza we had pizza and then we got him down to my bedroom and we played guitar for about an hour we traded off Fuck guitar. Off. i got pictures of him really playing. i still have the guitar 1983 ibanez guitar and we talked about music but again i wasn't wow i didn't appreciate what was happening <laughs> you never do well, I would not ever never <laughs> Bruce, if you're watching this, you got to give me a call. Let's do that, that little meeting again. Yeah. So it was as simple as that, you know? And David went out on tour with Bruce. He got to do the whole European tour. They're playing for like 100,000 people there. Like, big but shows. you know, Bruce is getting older. Why don't you reach out to him? My mom said, write him a letter. I'm thinking about it in my head. You know, we talked about risk on. No, no, dude. So
0: you played down Bruce Strington. How old are you
1: then? When I played with him, yeah. 15. 1985. It's a big deal. Well, think about 1985, right? That's when born Dancing in the USA, dark, right? That, the whole Courtney Cox. That's where he went big. big he time. went huge. Really. Yeah, I had no idea.
0: All right. Well, it's not as bad as uh, this is crazy. Do you do you get starstruck? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I get starstruck. I do think so, when when it's iconic things, like sometimes I'm starstruck. Where someone isn't as big a star that that I think they are, mm-hmm. but they did something that I think was really like they may not be the most popular star in the world, but for you, it but affects for you. me, it's like, dude, they're a big deal. So right.
1: your your uh, blood pressure goes up a little high. It's just a higher elevation that's going on. Yeah, in the body. I think
0: it's just a you're you're kind of enamored with. Like I'm, you know, when I first met Ed Carpenter, Ed Carpenter had raced uh, eighteen Indy 500s. So when I met him, I was a little starstruck, like I said, Carpenter. But now we're buddies.
1: Yeah. So it's just yeah. a person. But for some reason, we put him on a pedestal. And it, I think I was better off. I was able to be more real at the time with Bruce uh-huh. than if I was a big fan of his. And I find that to be true with a lot of people that I meet. Sometimes- I, I
0: met Christian Slater one time, and I thought he was a dick. So I kind of like, I, I, he, I was on like a dive trip, and he was kind of like a little douchey. Yeah. I might have been That's a little. a shame. I might have been a little douchey myself maybe he was a nicer guy but he, i and i also made fun of him a little bit in front of him yeah right in front of him yeah well did you start then, out with that and, did you lead I, in with I, maybe? I probably let in with yeah. uh, uh you know like do you remember john travolta in that it was like he had this movie where it was like about thermal nuclear weapons and something bad broken arrow okay and he's like get your hand off the thermal <laughs> nuclear weapons and i'm like <laughs> what kind of fucking line is this like so cheesy you he know? was
1: directed though yeah that was just know? terrible yeah. right I mean, and then um so, so you met him you you met him as a dick and he gave you a dick back
0: yeah <laughs> so i was I a admitted. little dick
1: yeah okay and then i met
0: i spent some time with justin timberlake and he was dating cameron diaz and how I was knew, he
1: what justin timberlake he seems like the nicest guy he in was the world. super nice yeah.
0: and my wife was mad because i was making fun of like what's it like breaking up with britney spears and now you're with cameron diaz now i knew cameron <laughs> Because she went to Long You're Beach Trolley So I was like trolling him a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. But later I apologized. We sat, there's actually a picture of us at the Laker game with his dad. He was from Memphis and knew some people I knew. So he was very nice, but I was a little douchey on that one too. Mm. And then there, I went out with a, a pretty famous uh, singer and I was douchey to her too. I guess I was just douchey to everyone that was a star. Are you
1: working on that? Is that something we're working nah, on? No, yeah. I'm not a mean guy. Yeah.
0: So one time, I'll just tell you one, my only starstruck moment. This is a true story. Don't put your hand up so, at me. Sorry about being douchey. Don't do that. A friend friend of mine had tried to set me up with uh that one, you know, sings uh all I wanna do is Crow. Crow, And so he gives me her number, you gotta call her, and she's she's gonna take your call. And okay, whatever. But I was getting a divorce, I was not in a good mood. She's cute. Fast forward to like two weeks later, I had met my wife now, who I've been with for 19 years. And I went out with her, and I know I was going to marry her six weeks in the dates. So my friend comes to me later on and says, What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I tried to set you up with Cheryl Crow, and you didn't even fucking return her call. It's kind of like, cool, actually. Yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and you're with your wife. And then she ended years. up being with Lance Armstrong. And that didn't work out so well either.
0: No, I think he got his ball cut off or something. I don't I'm know trying, what happened. I think there was more to Jeez. it. Oh, than, yeah. Than that. It was a, yeah. Hey, you know, I don't care what performance enhancing drugs you take. You still have to win the Tour de France. This is the issue I have with everyone who says Barry Bonds should Barry. I give a shit what you say. Take all the steroids you want. The reality is, you still have to hit the white ball that Jason used to pitch. Jason, do you think that? Because uh, Jason was a professional baseball player. Jason, do you think that? Can we get on him on, sc- on screen? Like he split me up a little bit. Okay, Jason, here yeah. we go.
2: The ball is being thrown at you at ninety or hundred miles an hour. Right. You take all the steroids you want. You still have to square it up. It's the hardest thing to do in sports, in my opinion. Right. Um, the so what's difference... this fucking bullshit about Barry Bonds? Well, no, no, some... no, because he's juicing. He's got the, so the baseball bat, he only has a certain amount of a sweet spot <clears throat> to hit it square. So with Barry, with the steroid era, you had more margin of error to, to actually, <clears throat> to take the bat, to actually hit the sweet spot. There was more margin of error there. So a normal human being without steroids uh, if they hit the ball well, sometimes it would go to the warning track. While Bonds and McGuire and Conseco, it would just go like 30 feet over the wall. Mm. So that's More the power. Difference. Yeah.
0: I learn yeah. something new every day. Well, speaking of power, you play like every musical instrument known to man,
1: right? Trumpet, true. clarinet, oh, piano, you're, you're piccolo, yeah. flute. Yeah, I do it all. Uh, oboe, of Easy, no problem. <laughs> you know, unlike baseball, you have to be really good at everything. Baseball is interesting. It's always been interesting to me because, you know, you can be – Thirty percent, three out of ten, and you're at the top of your your field, right? Right. Okay, music. You have to play all those instruments to even be considered to have a residency show in Las Vegas. Oh wow. Not true. And you do have a
0: Michael Shapiro, a uh, Reckless in Vegas uh, residency, and you're going to be kind of have to play us a song. What are you going to play us? I am.
1: I'm going to just do give you a little a little taste of. Uh, now this is an acoustic guitar. Uh, this show is is you know Marshall amps and we're rocking. So seems like though. you're
0: lying though. I see a plug right there.
1: Well, it's an acoustic electric, so that we oh, can get it. some sound further than just this uh, so hole right. Not here? just right there in the hole. You calling me on the electric? <laughs> no, not really. Just kidding around. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the way, this is the same kind of guitar Bruce plays. He, is it? A, yeah, he's a talk mine guy. It's a, uh, you, um, What's it called? Takamine? 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 Yeah, they're, they're really, really amazing instruments. Um, I do want to also circle back to something else too. Uh, we have a new album coming out. You and have a new album? It's a new project called Many Miles Away. Many Miles Away. Yeah, uh, the single will be released in January, the second single in February, and the album in March. And I, it's a collaboration with Miles Shawn. Miles Shawn oh, is wow. Neil Shawn from Journey. There you go. This kid is one of the greatest guitar players on the planet. And we're very excited about this music. Okay, I'm
0: a gigantic Journey fan. Like, over the top, over the moon, original Steve Perry (laughs) guy. Yeah, yeah, right? right? I love that shit. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I'm talking, I I remember being in seventh grade and this girl named Christine, Christine or Christy, uh, Christina, whatever her name was, introduced me to, she said, there's two bands you need to listen to. The Scorpions. Killer. Right? Yeah. And Journey. Oh, yeah. And so I dug her. So she's like, you know she was always like super sweet nothing else couldn't she's go anywhere music, with that girl. music music but she's like you're gonna listen to this shit with me if you're gonna be my friend yeah well, and I was addicted taste. yeah journey was can't great. live can't live without you that's scorpions oh man yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm anyways
1: <laughs> I can't do that part on the acoustic all right here yeah. you go and everybody loves somebody sometimes Everybody falls in love somehow There's something in your kiss Just told me My sometime is We're caught in a trap I can't walk out Because I love you too much, baby Love me tender, love me true, all oh, my dreams fulfilled. For my darling, I love you, and I always. And if there's nothing shaking come this here July, I'm going to roll myself up, in a big bowl, and die. So, there's four songs in less than a minute, I think. And it gives you, you a know. little flavor nice. of, uh, of the show. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh,
0: I, I bought the rights to Kirk Cor- Kirkorian's uh, life story basically from really? the author uh, William Propel. Per- Pro- Ro- what, how do I say his name? Rumple. Rumple. My favorite book, one of my favorite books, The Gambler. And Sahara was connected there. But Elvis, he brought Elvis to the international, to sold out like crazy yeah paid them paid him at the time what was sick money and and basically changed the face of vegas when 100 of, of changed the face of vegas
1: yeah you're playing some iconic shit yeah it's definitely uh it's an honor and a privilege that we don't take lightly like again we we've redone all these arrangements but we were very very careful we spent a year on the album which mm. i brought a copy for you for oh your, wow for your car if you have cool. a cd player probably not but i don't have a
0: cd player in my car i think i actually do yeah you you do it, it has to do. be ordered now. Yeah, CD we can players. rock it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can rock it doing 130 down whatever street oh, you yeah. like. But uh, you know, we were very careful to to not. You know, there's there's people that are traditionalists that oh, you can't mess with Frank Sinatra. You can't do that. But we we feel like we've elevated and we're going to introduce a new audience to these great iconic songs.
0: I love this. It's like a. It's. A, uh, have you heard like when uh, when Kurt owned MGM? They did this. Uh, Ho- uh, Hooray, Hollywood! and it was like a revival of all these great shows they did mm. all the music rituals. I don't know about that no it sounds like to me like is this is it more revival or are you just it's your own spin with rock it's our own spin it's vintage
1: vegas meets rock and roll mm. uh, but we do it. we do like we're very much uh, in the moment improv bar bits like the rat pack we're we're rousing each other you know the horn section uh, Danny Falcone was one of the, he's the trumpet oh, player. Oh, wow. There you go. I grew up with him. I wow. played trumpet because of him in wow. sixth grade. Really? One. Yeah. And then the drummer, Jack, has been, I've known Jack's the first kid I ever played music with wow. in 1980. We were 10 years I old. I played
0: the trumpet from like third grade to like, I don't know. To like, can you still play? No. You can play for like three seconds. Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's, like, he's, oh, my he's, lips he's, hurt and shit yeah, like that. Tough. But I used to play. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I played a Cleveland. That's the, that's the kind of, yeah. That's the brand of the, yeah, guitar? Cleveland. Yeah. I had an old. Oh, really? Do you know Olds? No. Oh, I don't know Cleveland, so we're even. What the fuck? I don't know, man. You I know think I actually still have
0: that trumpet, by the do way. Do you?
1: Yeah. Mine got stolen out of my garage. Oh, that sucks. If you stole my trumpet, bring it back. I want it back.
0: <laughs> so do you have a favorite instrument you like to play?
1: Uh, I love my piano. I've got a, a, a C6 in the house. It's a Yamaha that's incredible. My mom worked there for 23 years. For Yamaha? Yeah, What did years. she do? She was a salesperson,
0: accessory salesperson at, lo- at the actual company. She sold a parts for wave runners and stuff like that oh yeah she was proud of that not
1: on the music side then she was in the no but she had
0: access to the music side so we get a lot of uh acoustic guitars and drums and friends needed something she'd arrange for them to get it and Yamaha's yeah. pretty dominant in that space. They've been pretty good for a long time. Huge
1: company. I, I pianos. my favorite instrument is a 1970 th- Gibson 335. I've got two of them. But have red you one. ever heard
0: of Sir Guitar?
1: Yeah, of course. So the founder Super of nice. Sir
0: Guitar is a personal friend of mine. So really, uh, Steve Smith, and then I can't forget the other guy. Oh, his name is John Sir. Oops, whoops, sorry, John, John. Sir. Uh, so Steve Smith, he's been here. He's here every week, every couple of weeks, and not Steve Smith, the drummer. No, okay. no, not Journey. Steve, no, yeah, not Steve Smith. Okay, so Steve Smith works with Sir. He, he, well, he was the founder co-founder with john sir oh who left fender
1: they're incredible guitars yeah very i used nice. to endorse fender and and i i don't play them that much anymore i got a telecaster i still play for many miles away for the other band but mm. in this show i play the gibson 335s but if i were to get a sir guitar i might play it in the show wink wink i don't yeah, know i'm not friends with john sir but i steve <laughs> sold his stake. he's no longer there good luck with me giving you a sir guitar but yeah. <laughs> never know um uh risk on it didn't work i tried yeah no i I mean you never know
0: maybe i can arrange that it's not like he doesn't have any left or anything like that
1: i'm kidding i don't want anything for free i'll pay for it i don't want to be obligated west warwick
0: station nightclub
1: yeah oh yeah yeah that's uh uh, was a tragic night mm. uh we were were, there we were out on tour we were the main support for the band great white uh remember great white Yeah. yeah 80s 90s uh we did 20, we had 50, uh, 30 shows. I always think of
0: White Snake when I, I always think of Tonic Attain, yeah. but it's not Tonic Attain. Yeah, it's Jack it's different. Russell. Jack Russell.
1: Um, uh, Rock Me was. No, I know who hit. it is. I know who it is. It's just like, I always made me think of White Snake. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, Great White pre- predates Whitesnake. No, I know. Man. Yeah. Um, we had done 21 shows with him. There was nine left on the tour. We were supposed to do 50 summer dates with him. We pulled into to Rhode Island uh, and uh, uh, Providence and and we loaded in and, and we did the show, and as soon as I got off stage, uh, I was having a drink with a gal, and I decided to go out to the bus to to, to change. And um, I heard screams, and I thought it was a fight. I got off the bus, and the bus was parked next to the building, and the whole joint was on fire. People running out on fire. I mean, it was it was heavy, heavy. Uh, mm. Ty, uh, the guitar player for Great White, didn't make it out of there, and neither did, uh, you know, 100 people. Uh, How do they not get out, though? Is it just a... There's there's flames and smoke and they can't see. It was a it was kind of a trifecta of of issues. Uh, One thing is that the capacity of that place was like 397 and there was over 600 people there. The stage door, which would have been an emergency exit, was uh, not functioning properly. And the bouncer only let the band get out of that door. Uh, The other two exits, uh, one was a hallway which made it uh, a bottleneck for people trying to get out. And the worst part is that they put foam, like like you have the foam, I don't know if people can see this on camera, but on the walls you have this uh, sound. This is all flame retardant, this is all high-end foam. The owners of that nightclub decided to Uh, put up, because there was a sound ordinance ordinance problem Mm because it's in a neighborhood. They put up just cheap foam and then they spray painted it black, which made it combustible. Uh, The other issue was there was no fire extinguisher by the stage and the main issue, which has changed now, and that fire changed the laws. uh, Grandfathering in safety issues for places of business used to be a common thing that yeah. building was 100 years old it was yeah. you know it was dead of winter and so when the spark from jack jack had sparklers at the bottom of his mic stand and when he started the show he walked out spinning spinning the mic stand and the, and the sparkler and you know, the sparks would fly one flew up into the corner where there was an old light can that was already hot up there and it ignited and everybody stood there thinking it was part of the show now i was already out of the building at that point right as they started i walked out a sparkler started the whole thing well, when you put those when you put the combination together all of those things I just told you that's what can happen and not everybody even thought they they stood around thinking it was a a, a part of the show and then by the time people realized there's a problem now the smoke from that that foam and the foam was dripping on people the smoke hit the floor i wasn't I went around to the back I was thinking about I had four guitars that were still on stage I was thinking about I'm gonna go in there and grab my guitars because I was right there by the that my my stuff was sitting right there the smoke was Two inches off the ground so it came straight down so most Mm. people died of smoke inhalation Mm. Um, but you know it was just one of those things but it changed a lot of safety laws for for venues and and any kind of businesses around that have people Mm. in it wow um sorry that was i didn't realize going down that road
0: was going to be a disaster that's uh so smoke's heavy it's all the way down a couple inches did you get your guitars
1: no i couldn't get in that door and and we moved the bus the the, the fire department was there relatively quickly uh, me and a, a crew guy were trying to help people pull people out of the front of the door but the, the people that were stacked on top were unconscious the people on the bottom were conscious so it was and it was crazy all the tires started exploding in the front of where all the cars were parked and so the fire department the guy that was spraying down the doorway had us get away um we ended up moving the bus away from the building and um it was surreal you know and and a hundred people died a hundred people died and i i was i was drinking and using and partying i i finally was on this i was a rock star man this it was incredible the tour everything was sold out there was literally cars of girls following us from town to town i had finally arrived to that area that i had been aspiring to mm-hmm. when that happened um I was so self-centered about it. I thought about, I was angry. I was angry that the tour was over. I was angry that my guitars got burned. Uh, I came home, I was living in Vancouver, Washington. I went home and I, I just dove into the bottle and back into my drug of choice, which was crack cocaine. And two years I used straight. I never once thought about the 65 kids that lost one or both of their parents that night. Mm. I never thought about how lucky I was to be alive. Mm. Only later, when I went to treatment, I did a thing called EMDR, which is trauma-specific treatment, that it all came out, and I realized I was carrying all that. But mm. this but just shows you that a drug addict in his grips, self-centered, <laughs> you know? Me, yeah. me, 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 me. Um, and it changed, it changed the trajectory of my life because I started <laughs> to find gratitude in things, you know? And- uh, Wow, how old were you then? That was in two thousand three, so I was thirty three. Mm. Yeah, we can't end
0: on that note.
1: We can't end on that
0: note no, because that's like not the that's not the note you end on, right, Jason?
1: What nah, you about can't. what about the idea of converting <clears throat> liabilities to assets? <clears throat> human condition. You know, think about it. I mean, we we all make mistakes. We're human. Um, when we don't, when we deny responsibility, right? What happens? We don't grow. We don't learn from that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh but there's been a lot of those kind of tragedies. Not a lot, but there was like I think there was one in England, right? There was a night there was a, a dance club or something that it collapsed yeah. or something. Yeah, there's yeah. been a few of those kind of traumatic events. That's one of the biggest in the US US, if not the biggest. Yeah. I'm just not so sure that if, if you're not a big marquee value name that you can survive in Las Vegas mm. selling tickets every night. It's challenging, you know. Is it we're we're we've we've impressed a lot of people with our staying power what we've been able to accomplish, but you're still talking you know I mean we have two hundred and seventy seats uh we're maybe doing sixty tickets a night, you know, and mm-hmm. we comp a lot and fill the room you know uh there's revenue, but it's expensive it's expensive. we spend a lot of money marketing and advertising the show. I pay my cast really well it's 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 an interesting business, you know right it's a, we look for vanity investors that just want to be in the entertainment business, that want to get involved in that because there's a chance that it can hit, and there, and you see it if you do the pro forma and you see it, it's a viable business. How do you compete with Aerosmith? Who's Reckless in Vegas? Mm. Right? I mean, look at who look who's coming and playing this town. Bruno Mars. It goes on and on. Adele. You right. Know? And they are sucking up the bandwidth. Plus, it's a matter of math. Think of how many seats are available in this town, especially with sports teams now. How many people come to visit? How many seats are available for sale right how do you cut into that so it's challenging but but i'm never going to quit i love it so much we'll keep doing what we're doing and we'll find another home it's got to be right you know we want we want to be paid to do what we do we Mm -hmm. don't want to have to pay to do what we do we bring the talent we put the show together you know right why are we advertising for your property Mm. why are we spending the money doing that you do that you do that for me you know now we got a partnership right my work ethic is off the charts. I will work twenty four seven for you. You partner with me, you have you have all of me. It's not just my music talent, not just the show we created. You get all of me.
0: What do you think of those small venues? It's always I've always like like if you recall, uh, my buddy used to own one. It's where River Phoenix died. Yeah, Viper Room, Viper Room. He, so, what do you think of those small venues? I've always kind of liked them. Are they, are they are they good or I mean,
1: you like doing those small venues? I do. I like the intimacy of them. I mean, we've done plenty of tours because uh, I've done original music for you know couple of decades and uh we play clubs and small theaters the clubs are fun you know it's just about people uh that particular venue ironically is owned by i believe red mercury which is the is is we're partners with on on the sahara mm. they did all of our, our laid out our marketing for us mm. and uh but they i think they own that venue actually i like the vibe room i've played there many times uh but i just meant like that style because i was thinking like for
0: me in vegas now that i'm here yeah i've been i know jason doesn't even know this but today i was down in the art district Cool. looking at property um did you go with me no sorry um <clears throat> i'm looking at uh opening a poker room yeah like poker only with mm-hmm. a nice restaurant you all right over there jason that sounds good yeah cool <laughs> he's uh, shaking Does yeah, that mean he, he doesn't feel good um <laughs> yeah. but then I, I i look at these other things and they're, they're like these big these big venues here but i went to a jazz club over on the other side of town i thought it was pretty it Was i watched a guy um what's his name the Elijah Rock.
1: You're talking about Gambit. Where did you? Yeah, go? Gambit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, it's and I, Couture's place. Yeah, it's kind of a cool. It's like a. That's for sale. Is it? Yeah, he, he'll he'll be at the show tonight. Actually, the owner of that place. What? Oh, really? I'm oh, gonna introduce a- you. That's the jazz club over there? Yeah, on, in Henderson, right? Gambit in the yeah. bank, and it's got the yeah. it's a small little room, the supper small, club.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> poker bar supper when you club. walk in. Yeah, it's yeah, supper club,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, my dad and I were talking, because my dad and I were going to, there's a place for sale of, off of Windy Avenue in town, over by Town Square, mm-hmm. um, and it used to be, it was originally Rocky's Pizza, then it was uh, Porterhouse Steak, and then it was two strip clubs. It's got 80 parking spaces, freestanding building, 5,000 square feet, uh, we looked at that to do our own venue because you can control everything. And we needed to build a second building, which would have required a little too much. It didn't pencil out if it's building the second building, but mm. it wasn't quite big enough to do what we wanted to do. But I I love that. That's romantic to me. I like the idea of controlling all facets of the venue. Yeah, so I kind of felt like in Vegas,
0: everything is big. Yeah. You got to go big. You know, Adele is going to be at the Coliseum. It's big, right? And then it'd be nice to have some more like, like, kind of like, I mean, I don't know if they're doing that at Hard Rock. You know how they had Journey there every night? That's kind of a big... I saw Santana there. That's a big stadium, too, right?
1: I played that, yeah. How many people are in that one? 4,000. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. exactly intimate, like I was thinking. No, but you, do you remember the original joint at the Hard Rock? Oh, uh, that was a while ago. 1,100 seats. Yeah. Beautiful wood. It was kind of like the Fillmore in San Francisco. It was intimate and beautiful
0: now how big is too small and how small is too big i mean what would be a nice place you think uh
1: you're talking about for for like a small event no, for, no don't just in for general. Like,
0: yeah like you're gonna go to a place yeah i think a viper room had like 100 people right 150 500 500?
1: yeah oh i saw um ex-ambassadors there there was only like 100 of us invited no no 500 would be the size the viper room's small <clears throat> you're probably 150 oh yeah 100, yeah yeah, yeah my thought is that if you do 500 you can do you can you can play with the seating in it you don't have to have theater seating you could do 500 theater seating but you could also put cocktail tables out and have different types of i like multi-purpose rooms if you're going to build a venue and have a venue don't be restricted to one type of thing is this like a Copperfield thing
0: where you have like
1: uh seats and then like a, a table and then seats and a table you could do it that way that's why you need a bigger space so you can because mm-hmm. i want to accommodate anybody coming in and what they want to do i like versatility and i think if you if you pigeonhole a deal like that that's what you get why is gambit selling that place uh he he spent a lot of money in 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 it and i think his focus is in on some other bars you can talk to ken mm. about it and i don't want to speak for him but mm. uh, i think they overbuilt it and i think it's a tough location too i really do oh being over in henderson where it is in henderson You look at the houses that are around there. He took pokers out of there too. They had a 15 machine license there and Mm -hmm. they took it down to six, I think. Mm -hmm. I think the pokers were sustaining it prior to his purchase there so but mm. it's a beautiful little spot but it's small how many people do you think yeah it was in there? it
0: was small i was it was pretty tight yeah and i, and I watched eliza rock sing
1: there and i was like wow I was,
0: I, he was pretty impressive yeah oh 100 percent. yeah so Excellent. i was i was pretty do you know him i do did? yeah amazing oh you know Elijah rock yeah oh wow yeah he's, he's, he's a, a small a, town yeah i guess it is a small yeah. town
1: for sure yeah so where were you tour, where you think Uh, you know, wherever the money is, you know, I hate to be shallow about it, but that's really what's driving it now is that, uh, we're a Las Vegas headliner and this is what it takes for us to go go out. And, uh, we, we've already done some stuff in Palm Springs. That was fun. That's Mm -hmm. not a very far drive. Right. We're going to do some fly dates. I've never, I've never toured or performed in Asia. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a, I've done Europe, right. Done all over Europe, done UK. How do you set up an Asian tour? I have no idea. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, hire somebody that knows how to do it because i wouldn't know how to do it would you go cold turkey Do they know you in asia yeah you go cold turkey's an american act uh we're not we're, oh really yeah we don't we this particular product is really hot for for that kind of area reckless in vegas yeah so it would be reckless in vegas on tour or your album reckless in Vegas. i'm talking about reckless in vegas now what we're going to do after this residency ends right we you would take the show on tour way. yep it's relatively small it's 12 people including crew Three-piece horn section, two background singers, two dancers, three-piece band. I know we're kind of getting into the weeds
0: here, but like, what's something like that cost to produce? Well, off the air.
1: Yeah, I oh, I'll share it figured. with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's reasonable, but it's not cheap either. So, you know. And you have to travel all of them to t- take them all out. It's all incorporated in the price. That's your price. Yeah. You know? And logistically, it's very difficult. You know, Southwest Airlines, you get two bags. So if you have 12 people, that's 24 bags. That's not going to cut it.
0: How many bags you're dragging with you. Well, you got to think about all the gear, right? I mean. If there's anything I've learned about people being musicians is like, there's a lot of movement to do all this stuff. It's a lot, a lot, you know, they go there one night here and then two nights later, they're somewhere else. Then two nights later, they're somewhere
1: else. Sacrifice. You you get no life. You got, you're dragging around, right? People think it's so, all that glamour on stage. And and, and by the way, that's amazing, but that's only 90 minutes, right? What about everything else around it? I mean, uh, opening the show. I worked twenty four seven for like even maybe maybe eight weeks prior to, to us even opening. Wow! And it was like my 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 wife goes like, "Honey, are you on drugs?" She thought I was using again because uh. I was like so excited about it, and I was go 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 sure. and. But it's so much work. I mean, even you'll see the video content in the show that I've, I've done all the videos. Oh, wow. I've created that content. Uh, we're all running in your monitors, all the stems and the organization of everything, the costumes. I mean, it just goes on and on. And then you get in the business side of it. You're dealing with workers comp and payroll and all that. It's just like it's, it's never ending, not to mention marketing and dealing mm-hmm. with all the ticket brokers in town. And I don't want to take the romance and the glamour out of it, but that shit sucks
0: yeah i can see that i can see how you know i i've known i've known a lot of f- famous people in my lifetime and they you know they've they've been at it for a while and eventually they're like you know i can see why they like not really wanting to you know some people have the bug right but others
1: mm.
0: like you know i, I do if you ever seen this thing about like bridget fonda right yeah Love bridget fonda was like the most amazing actress beautiful girl f- famous family and then whatever happened she just stopped uh acting and gained a bunch of weight and decided to let it all go right you know why no i, I was hoping you did no, I don't that know. Was that I was not rhetorical. No, I don't know why. I'm just saying that it's an interesting thing that I think people just don't want to go through the grind, right?
1: Well, I kind of feel a little burned out on it, but I mean, uh, the idea is that you get it to a level. I mean, I've always done everything myself. I'm just... Yeah, but something gets you back going doing it again. Well, every time I... Okay, so today's today's Thursday. So if you talked to me yesterday, and even today, I'm a little on the downside <clears> of the business. <throat> but after tonight's show, you're going to see me. It's a cycle. Every week, my wife mm-hmm. told me. She was like, Michael, it's the same stuff on Wednesday, and then on Sunday. Saturday, you're fired up again. Yeah, exactly. Because I love performing. It's the greatest gift in the world to be able to go out on stage and perform your art, one's art, and change the way people feel in a positive way. People leave with more than they came with. Sure. And that is the greatest, we're being of service to people. And we're launching
0: a website, uh, Start the, actually goes live March 1st, and one half of it is really limited products between one and one, of one, one of five thousand. But the other part is experiences only. Like we have this thing where you're going to be able to go to a volcano in Iceland, go uh, into the spas of, of these volcanoes, a helicopter tour of Iceland, stay at this cool resort there. Wow. And they're all experience-based stuff, right? And a lot of times you, you, you kind of drag yourself to a show, but you leave after the show pretty inspired, right? You right. see someone who does incredible singing or does stuff that you couldn't do or you see them doing it, you get pretty, you get pretty uh, inspired by it. Yeah, that's 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 an important thing to do in life is inspire other people. Hey man, I've kept you for a while, uh, and you got a show tonight, and we're gonna do a big deal. We're gonna take everyone to one of your shows. I think in the 29th or thirtieth. I you have my commitment for that. I'm gonna invite every single employee, and I'm gonna get like a couple booths, and we'll get some food and drinks, and go see a show. I love this stuff. Thank you for that. Uh, especially since you're playing. I mean, you're, to me, it feels like a little bit of old vegas romance i'd have a whole slant on on that stuff, but I thought maybe you could do one more song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we we love the the, the class and sophistication of old Vegas. You know sure. people dressed up to go to shows and, yeah. and it was an event. And uh, people
0: used to dress up to go on an airplane too. You remember that of days, course, days?
1: yeah. That was a big deal.
0: Yeah, it was a big deal. You're gonna go on an airplane, you'd actually wear a suit and stuff.
1: It's honoring and respecting and being present, and that's right. kind of what our show is 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 crafted around. Cool. We love that that old Vegas stuff. So um a little Sinatra song. So we talk about uh, original arrangements and renditions, mm-hmm. uh, and then we also talk about we've talked about that we do um, mashups. It's where we'll take Mister Bojangles by Sammy Davis Jr., but we'll put it over the top of um, uh, Jimi Hendrix's Manic Depression. Those are fun, yeah. Or Nancy Sinatra's Boots Are Made for Walking. We'll put it over the top of Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. This one is is a very good year by Frank Sinatra, but it's over the top of Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. No, really? Yeah, so it's like this. When I was 17, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for small town girls in soft summer nights. We'd ride through the lights. Is that the lyric? On a vintage. I can't remember the words. I haven't done this in so long. It was a very good year. Sorry, Frank. You know, I know how pissed off you got about the lyrics. Yeah. And then it goes into this, uh... I really haven't played this one in a long time. But... When I was 21, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for blue-blooded girls. Independent means we ride in limousines. their chauffeurs would drive when I was 35. So that's the feel of it. It's got this whole dum took it dum took it dum dum. But if you know Jefferson Airplanes sure. White Rabbit, that's it. the yeah. music bed that's underneath it. I like that. Frank man, dude, I'm s i am I know, I know, I know <laughs> what. Well, Oh, learn how to fake sincerity and you got it made? Okay. I don't like that line, but
0: did I say that out loud? Your channel, uh, channel Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, Will they tell
0: I- me Michael Shapiro, I'm supposed to stop. Uh, Reckless in Vegas no.
1: is here till the 30th. And then after that, you're going to possibly go on tour. Do some touring. Yeah. And then look for many miles away too. Oh, we're really proud of that album with well, Neil that, Sean, will you Neil come Sean back Sean. And when the Many Miles Away comes out you should tell us about it I will back. All right. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send Christy a, a private link so you can hear the album mm-hmm. appreciate it thanks hey, well, Michael. Thanks for having me Todd no problem know I'm
0: going to explain
2: to you real quick but don't be
0: rolling yet